to another episode of the Who Dat Jedi podcast. Um, with me, I'm Aaron, by the way, and with me as always is Dave and Fredo. And this week we are not uh, in the hustle and bustle of Zony Mash. You can tell it's a little bit quieter. Um, we're at our remote locations once again. So how are you guys doing? Pretty good, pretty good. That was a doing that, okay. That was a that was fun last week. We actually have fans. It was kind of weird. Yeah, it was strange seeing people go like, wait, I know you guys. Do you do? Well, and, you know, people wanting to come up and do trivia and, you know, and, and stuff like that. So it was, it, was, it was kind of fun, you know. Um, but, uh, and was it, was I, I understand it was a successful venture for the event, Dave? Yeah? Yeah, yeah. The fundraising aspect was, was very successful. Um, everybody seemed to love the band. Um, a lot of people blew off some steam that they'd been collecting for the last year. So, uh, yeah, yeah it, was a good event. It, it was a really, it's a good event and I've kind of been looking at the way kind of people are slowly emerging and, you know, without getting too much into the dynamics and politics of it, just simply, I, I think I'm like, I told, I think I've told everybody like, take it slow, take it easy. Cause you think you want to run out and do everything and. Then you get out there, and it's not as easy. Yeah, do do what you're comfortable with. I mean, yeah. dip your toe in the water, and you know whatever you, you know whatever you want to yeah. do. Um, so uh, I have to tell you guys, I've I've found a. I am not one to subscribe to YouTube channels. I just typically don't, but I have subscribed to a YouTube channel, um, and this has nothing to do with Star Wars. Has everything to do with music. Uh, I was telling Fredo a little bit about this. It's Rick Beato. <laughs> Yep. Um, this guy has this whole, uh, channel just at first, I mean, first of all, it's just because I, you know, I, my bachelor's degree is in music, you know, and in music education. So he goes and he goes through all these rock songs and it, like his big playlist is what makes this song great. And so he goes through like all these songs that you grow up with and he, he's analyzing it like we analyze, you know, Bach or Mozart or stuff like that in, in theory and in music history. And so I'm just like nerding out over all of this um, because he, and I'm like, he's talking about all these chord changes that they're using. I was like, oh, that's really cool. And, you know, and anyway, speaking my language, but anyway, so I'm watching this thing last night and he said it was the fall of 1991. And I never realized this. I mean, this is when I obviously, I'm, you know, a fall of 91. So I'm just starting college. Do you guys realize in a six-week period, the following albums were released? Metallica Black, mm -hmm. Pearl Jam 10, Guns N' Roses, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, um, uh, Soundgarden, uh, Bad Motor, no, Bad bad Motor Finger, Bad, bad Motor Finger, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Then there was one other one. Uh, oh, Nirvana. Nirvana, Nevermind. In six weeks, those six albums are released. And then, of course, in like two months later, you get like U2, Octung Baby. <laughs> holy holy crap. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize this. You know, it's like, wow. I mean. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it, I, I love his channel, that What Makes the Song Great, because it allows me to like, I watch it. I'm, I'm a complete music neophyte. I have no idea about musical theory, but it's a good way to kind of start looking, digging deeper into some of songs that I've known, and you start hearing, and you go like, 
oh yeah, it totally makes sense. Like there's like there's even stuff like we'll we'll find like stuff hidden in the background of stuff. And you're yeah, like, because he oh. he has the tracks. Uh, he has the oh. individual. He'll solo the individual tracks. So it is really cool. And it's you know if like if, again if you don't know anything about music theory anything like this, just to see how how a song is put together in you know a recording studio or something it's it's so fascinating so that's that's my nerd out um but can i say something off of that um since we're pimping youtube channels i i would recommend cinema wins not cinema sins oh i love cinema sins (laughs) cinema wins uh very positive take on like why do we love these movies that we love um and it's all framed positively it's like what do they do right this is why these resonate with people it's really cool so that's i like the positive we try not to get too much into the negative here you know the the cinema sins part is just yeah it's negative but it's it's just fun it's like you know poking out you know poking uh, pointing out plot holes and stuff like that it's just kind of fun but okay, but so speaking about cinema wins or cinema sins, Dave and I and our spouses got together Friday night and we watched we watched something. Um we <laughs> we, we watched we 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 uh we got we went to Dave's backyard and had the projector out and it was a gorgeous night and we sat and had buffalo wings that uh that Dave that did and, deliciously made and his wife kate made a lot of goodies to go along with him um and we watched ewoks the battle of endor that was the one right it was the battle of endor right because yeah here's, here's, the first one because here's the thing there was no there was no battle for endor in the battle for endor <laughs> i thought uh, the battle for endor was in return of the jedi so Anyway, uh, so we watched that, and we yeah, we got done. I, I really don't really don't know how I feel about uh, about things. The thing that first freaked us all out was that Wicket speaks English. <laughs> I mean, now now it's 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 like you know your your relative that doesn't you know speak any English and is just learning English. It's that you know that that broken you know just kind of stammering through it, but it was just, it was weird. Um, I don't know. The, the, the other, okay. And I'm going to, this is the other thing I've thought about this actually, Dave, for, uh, for a day. Now, one of the things that drives me bonkers and it drove me bonkers with the force awakens and it drove me bonkers with the Mandalorian. One of the key elements, something that makes star Wars, star Wars, at least from the original trilogy and from even the prequel trilogy are the laser blast sounds that is those are iconic and so what does this have to do with the ewok movie they they have like the Battlestar galactica pew pew you know type they're just (laughs) it's like somebody somebody's you know seventh grade kid you know made the laser blast sounds for the battle of endor but it was the same type of thing yeah it was it was like the in in um uh force awakens i'll never forget when when poe shoots his rifle i'm just like what is that and so my 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 wonder is like okay so i i'm I'm thinking about okay they this is like the first kind of foray into star wars tv right battle of endor and the second one i think i actually think caravan of courage came out first and we watched them in the wrong order 
but I might be wrong about that. Okay, well, so anyway. We have, to, we have to fact check this. Then you then you still had time to fix the laser blast sounds, because even if you're like, okay, we don't have the budget to do, but you still, you still own ILM, and you can go get the sound files to make it at least sound like Star Wars. So, just right quick, Caravan of Courage comes out in 1984, The Battle for Endor, 1985. Right. So, they're like one or another, but... Uh, we watched them out of order. Ah, so I think if anybody had... Because those sounds are copyrighted, aren't they now? Like, you can't... Uh, Battles of Galactica can't use the same, couldn't use the same laser blast sound that Star Wars did, I don't think. I have, I have no idea. I'm just saying that it's irresponsible for, I mean, it's, it wasn't like the people who made Battlestar Galactica was making a Star Wars thing. It's, you're making Star Wars. So, you, I mean, we should have access to those. I mean, if, come on, we fast forward several years and they let, you know, Family Guy use the entire John Williams soundtrack and all of the, you know, special effects sounds and everything. I mean, so that that's the whole that's the thing that just threw me um, right off the bat was like the laser blast sounds. I'm like, that's that you could do that and make people go, okay, I'm in Star Wars. That's so. far from the film's greatest sin, though. That was that that's that's my that's my one that's my one rant. Okay, so what is what is the what is the film's greatest sin besides uh, Principal uh, Vernon? Uh, what is it? Oh yeah, Principal Vernon from uh, uh, Breakfast Club yeah. is—he's uh, the uh, the dad who gets killed. You know, he he messed with the bull and got the horns. So anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the whole thing was a mess. I love like same with you. I I think I have read up on the film since watching them originally back in the eighties. Um, so I knew that the Ewoks talked, I think, but it was still so jarring that it just like throws you like seriously. You're like, well, that ain't right. That's <laughs> just not right. And I get it. You have to, why they did it. Otherwise they'd be speaking in Ewok the entire movie and you'd be like, what's going on? You'd have to be reading subtitles the whole movie. And so I get it. But, uh, um, yeah, it's weird. This movie was so strange. I, I We were watching this thing, and I was thinking at the time when we were watching it, it was the first of the two movies. And I remember reading that the second movie was seen as an overcorrection from the first. So you're so saying that, I have to go watch the first one now? To... <laughs> yeah, now we got to go back and watch the first movie to see what they tried to correct from. Because this one was all battles... Uh, poorly choreographed battles where they're just shooting at each other and um, the Ewoks got inventive at the end. So like, you know, it was like the end of Return of the Jedi, which I'm think thinking that's what people thought that they were signing up for originally. Um, so I think you can kind of see that imprint on the movie. But yeah, it is. It, gosh, I, it does not hold up. I mean, it really doesn't well, in any way, about... shape or form. Think about we're just, you know, now we're into, man, how far we have come with Star Wars TV. You know, yep. I mean, it's like, and again, it's, uh, I, it, it's, it's eons ago, but um, man, it's like, I'm just so thankful 
that Star Wars TV is not that right now. So let me ask you this, because I was just thinking about this. Return of the Jedi comes out in 1983. And these two movies, uh, Cavern of Courage and Battle for Endor, come out right after 845. So were they original? So they planned to film them when they were making Return of the Jedi? Or was did they see the movie, you know, they expected a hit and they knew they needed to make more? Or did, I, it, I did need the to decision do my, make them after? I need to do my research, but my gut tells me that they went, oh, everybody likes the teddy bears. Let's make a movie quick. Because... Making a movie is one thing, but making a TV movie where you're not going to get the big budgets, you're not going to get the big stars, so to speak, you know, it's going to be obvious. So I'm surprised that they went that route. I mean, I don't even know how kind of the, the decision train kind of got. So. Now, to the, to the listeners, however, okay, so if, if you haven't watched it yet, do, because it's not a horrible thing you have to sit through. It's kind of, but know what you're getting into. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's just funny, especially sit around with some friends where you can do mystery science theater 3000 with it. You know, I mean, <laughs> that was, if I, if I would have been sitting in my living room watching this by myself, I would have probably turned it off halfway through and, and went and found a beer someplace. Um, but sitting there with friends, it was far more enjoyable. And even your kids were talking smack, you know, behind us. Like, <laughs> uh, so um, even the smallest child turned into uh, uh, what's her name, Stadler and Waldorf. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it was, it was, it was. Um, Speaking of, Wilford Brimley's in this movie, and I'm like watching this movie, and I'm like, I never expected to relate to Wilford Brimley in such a deep way as I do in this film because he's just like. Like, oh, these kids, they're annoying me. The Ewoks, everybody's annoying me. Get out of my house. <laughs> exactly. Get off my lawn, Ewok. And, uh, yeah, no, I just was like, yes, I feel you. And and what we think, we think it might have been the uh, first uh, instance of glasses in, in Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah maybe... He's wearing glasses in this thing, and I thought that was so odd, you know? I was like, I, I don't think anybody wears glasses in the in 4, 5, and 6. And, uh... I don't know. Goggles, yes. Glasses, no. So, anyway, that was... Yeah, so, uh, you know, we're, we're not going to do a whole review on this, but it was... It was an experience. And, and it was kind of funny because Brittany was like, you know, oh, my sister and I, we had this, you know, we taped this when it was on TV. We taped it on VHS, and it was like it's such a big part of her childhood. And even she was like, wow, that was not that, – that was not what I remembered. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> anyway, we grow old, right? Uh, <clears throat> all right. I, you know, it might have been the other movie. That's the one that we will we watch Caravan of Courage with her. She might have a better experience. All right, so Fredo, you're not off the hook. We're gonna have to have movie night again, and we're going to get everybody together now and watch Caravan of Courage and see if it is a better experience. <clears throat> so, all right, to trivia. Now we've already got our brain warmed up, but you know trivia is kind of our thing. Um, all right, Fredo. Who notes that the Jedi Council is asking him to commit treason? Gee, I'm going to go with Anakin Skywalker. It is Anakin Skywalker. And I'm going to put this one off to the side because it, it's, there's a, I could have, I could have thrown a Bush League uh, question to you right off the bat. We'll come, we'll come to that in a little bit. All right. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so, Bredo right off the bat scores, scores a point. 
All right, Dave. Who grabs his blaster rifle for protection when he hears that sand people are approaching? Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker it is. See, that one's kind of easy as well. Hmm. Uh -huh. All right. <clears throat> so for me, whose last line in Return of the Jedi is, I won't leave you? That's interesting. That's He doesn't say anything more after that, huh? It's uh, Luke Skywalker. Yeah, mm -hmm. Luke Skywalker. All right, so here's the uh, Bush League question I could have asked you. How many tentacles sprout from the gigantic blue head of the Twi'lek Senator Ornfree Ta? Two? Probably. Right? Probably two. Yeah. Four. Really? Now I think I I have the action figure here somewhere, so I could it's, go find isn't it. Isn't that isn't that the, the the center that George Lucas played? No, George sure. Lucas played oh. somebody else. Okay. Oh. <clears throat> I thought he played the Twilight guy. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, the big. No, Twilight he, he played the guy that looked like he was wearing a conductor's hat or something, and he was talking to his daughter in the opera lobby. Oh. Um. So anyway, that was so. All right. Cool. Off of trivia. Let's move on to some news. What do we got, Fredo? So just a couple of bit of news then. Uh, both of them having to do with uh, fundraising and uh, support. What it looks like? Uh, I can't find it. It's, uh, so I know we spoke a couple of weeks ago about the David Prowse estate call putting up stuff for auction. So that auction was held last week during May the 4th. And uh, they raised a total of uh, now, this has come from the BBC, so i got to give it to you in pounds. Uh, they raised over 400,000 pounds, which in American dollars, that would be over $565,000. Uh, with a good bunch of it, it's going to go into uh, uh, charity and to uh, nonprofit support uh, was, involved in Alzheimer's research. Was there an item that got the most amount of money? The top item was his uh, rehearsal script for The Empire Strikes Back. Which sold for over just over thirty-two and a half thousand uh, dollars. Some of the stuff that kind of sold well included uh, there was a picture of a uh, Mark Hamill sign for him that sold for like uh, fifteen thousand pounds. So, so that Empire, I'm sorry, that Empire script then would have said that no, Obi Wan killed your father. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That'd be cool to have. Actually, well, no, because yeah, because it's interesting. In the article the BBC has, they show a clip of the page where. Uh, Luke and Vader are talking to one another where Luke goes, I'll die first. And Vader's like, that won't be necessary. And that's all before uh, he throws him into the uh, uh, carbonite freezing chamber. Interesting. And then afterwards, apparently, while he says, all too easy, perhaps you're not as strong as the Emperor thought, Luke goes, time will tell from behind him. So you weren't supposed to see that Luke jumped out. So... Again, so, so Irvin Kirshner was more about showing rather than telling, which I appreciate that. Uh, <clears throat> kind of funny on the script thing, a friend of mine in the 501st, he was actually friends with Peter Mayhew, and he got to um, handle and read through Peter Mayhew's A New Hope script. Oh, cool. Yeah, isn't that cool? All right, well, sorry. Well, speaking actually, no, perfect segue, because the other bit of news for today is the Peter Mayhew Foundation is releasing a new uh, challenge coin for 2021. Uh, they, uh, his foundation collects toys for kids. 
battling any number of uh, uh, serious medical conditions that they donate. So the foundation raises toys and uh, they, he, Peter in, in his outfit would go out to visit kids. He would go with the Papa Noel first. He'd go with the Rebel Legion. So uh, they've got a new campaign this year for uh, $15 uh, per coin. And they're going to be, they said that if you buy five, one of them will be a special silver edition. Uh, the art is designed with Peter, uh, was created by Peter's daughter. It's supposed to feature uh, Peter on the cockpit of a million falcon. So I'll, I'll share the link and Dave can throw the link on the show notes and descriptions just in case anybody's interested. But yeah, it's uh, they're looking to uh, raise funds for the Peter Mayhew Foundation. Cool. Yeah, I've got I've got a uh, 501st challenge coin that every time I go trooping, I make sure I have it just in case because I don't want to have to buy a beer. Don't want to lose that. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, right on. Yeah, I, I just got to thinking maybe our next merch we should take the sticker that we have and we could make Houdat Jedi challenge coins that people could buy. <laughs> and if they see cool. it, if they see us out in the wild, then you know they can throw down the challenge coin. We so we would always have to have it with us. I don't know. It might be kind of fun. <laughs> or we just make three of them, one for each of us. Um, it's starting to sound like Lord of the Rings. All right, I'm going to exactly. move on. So we'll move on. We'll move on. <laughs> um, so all right, so we talked about this a little bit at Zony Mash, um, you know, because it was May the fourth, and uh, maybe just a little underwhelming um, May the fourth. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about that, you know. Uh, but okay, so so I put on our notes: Star Wars Day was it a bust? Is this some kind of bust? You know, is this? It's very know? impressive. Yes. <laughs> That's about ready to use it. About <laughs> ready to use another Naked Gun reference. Uh, but anyway, um, so, I just had it stuffed. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, you know you can edit that out if you want to. But, uh, <laughs> so, but I mean, all right. But however, I'm going to because we were talking about this because we we're all kind of underwhelmed by this. You know, it's mm. like there there was really no. I mean, we got a glimpse of Disney's real lightsaber. That was kind of it. And yeah, like there was a bit a bit of an announcement from the uh, Star Wars Lego Skywalker saga. Twitter feed, but it didn't even announce date or anything. It just said, stay tuned. And you're like, and then uh, I think the other big piece of thing was Dave Filoni was interviewing Good Morning America, and everybody kind of made a big deal that he said that the force would be with season three of The Mandalorian, even though that it was pretty much a throwaway line. There was no indication or intonation as to it involving anything having to do with the plot. So there really wasn't anything. So now I, I actually have, you know, I, I think it's fair to say that we were all kind of, like I said, kind of underwhelmed by this. But I, I, I was thinking about this as you brought it up for a topic. And then I was listening to another podcast, the Resistance Broadcast, um, Star Wars News Nets podcast. It's a, really, it's a really fun podcast to listen to. And they brought up a really good point. So, I mean, this isn't my original point, but I'm gonna, I think it's fair to bring it up here. Um, and then I'll expand on it a little bit. Do you think because they chose to release Bad Batch on May the 4th that if they would have then on that same day released a behind the scenes look at, you know, 
Andor or Obi-Wan or release this new collectible or showcase the, you know, the, the real lightsaber more so than they did or did something else. Do you think that would have that would have killed kind of the 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 premiere of the Bad Batch? Because right now the Bad Batch is actually one of the that the first episode, I believe, is one of the highest rated um, of the Star Wars animated, at least on Rotten Tomatoes. Um but I could see their point that it's like if you do any of those other things, then social media is just going to drown out the Bad Batch because it's just another bunch of clones. I don't know. What do you think? I I mean, it's it's a fun theory, but I'm not buying it really. But I mean, I mean especially since you don't, you don't think there's any like being gun shy since they screwed up the marketing of Solo. It's like they got 16 episodes of this Bad Batch thing that, you know, it's like you you want to you want people to be excited about seeing it. So if, it, if that's really the only the biggest nugget that you're going to get on Star Wars Day, maybe you get more watchers off that. I oh, know. Sorry, I interrupted well, you like I always do. Go ahead. Well, Fredo was going to say something. Yeah. I was just going to say it's actually kind of going to agree with you, Dave, in, in the regard that. No, because, I mean, we've had Star Wars days with multiple announcements, with multiple, you know, things happening, and they've been fine. I mean, put it this way, if they put out a trailer for the Book of Boba Fett and released a Bad Batch, I don't think they would have stepped on each other's toes, put it that way. So, go ahead, Dave. I mean, I tend to be in agreement with that. I mean, if anything, if it's on Disney Plus, whatever you know, and I don't know how things get out. You know, if it if it shows up on Disney Plus, it's showing up on YouTube five minutes later. Um, but if it's on, you know, if there's some kind of an exciting new trailer on Disney Plus, that's more incentive for someone to go to Disney Plus. So I don't think that it would work against you in that way. Um, but that's assuming it was a Disney Plus thing you know and not you know theatrical um which is kind of the state of things right now this is a this is a the the stuff that's coming down the, the pipeline right now is mostly all disney plus stuff um so i wouldn't have expected anything different but i think i think by the same token it w you could have done it in such a way that it wouldn't have detracted um it only would have enhanced people's excitement. Like, I'm excited for Star Wars. I'm really excited. Oh, gosh, I got to go watch The Bad Batch. That's my take. Has, has, there, been, has there become, you know, we've always talked about expectations on this podcast. I mean, has there become, you know, too much expectations, you know, from the fan base for May the 4th? Because, I mean, it was... It's it's a it's not like you know Lucasfilm started you know Star Wars Day on May the fourth. I mean it was a fan thing, you know. And I remember when it kind of started, it was it gave me an opportunity to wear Star Wars junk to work or you know find you know there were trooping events and stuff like that. It was I mean I guess you know the baby cakes game. That's mm -hmm. I, there would probably be a baby cakes game. Now that's going that's almost a deep cut now, right? Um, but <laughs> you know. So there, I mean, it was it was those types of things, and now it is almost like yeah, it 
the last couple of years, it's been like, you know, what do you think they're going to announce? What are they going to announce? And if I'm Lucasfilm, I'm sitting there going, you know, what do we do? Do we ha do we why why do we have to? You know what I mean? It's like, um, well, I guess I'll put it and also I'll add something else to it. And because I asked you when we were at Sony Mesh if you had bought anything on May the fourth, and you said no. And I think the only thing I got this year was uh, they had a the e ebook version of uh, Into the Gray, uh, Claudia's uh, book. I believe that was Claudia Jacinto's book. Uh, uh, on sale for a dollar, so I was able to get it. Uh, yeah. this, and that was pretty much it. And I'm like, you know, normally, you know, May the 4th, it's like, oh, everybody's promoting, they're going to sell this, they're going to give you this kind of that. And all of a sudden, this year, so it almost felt like, eh, it's all right. So that's a really good point because I, I, I would think, I, and now I'm going to separate Lucasfilm theatrical things from merchandising. <laughs> because, I mean, if you are, you know, if you are any company that sells any sorts of, Star Wars merchandise to me this seems to be the day that you have your specials and there didn't seem to be a lot of anything there was the usual like 20% of this but nothing really that kind of went oh my gosh I gotta blow all my money in Star Wars or, or it felt like the dudes you know pushing the shopping carts full of Mardi Gras toys you know up and down you know St. Charles that's like you know yeah you know I, do, I mean do I need a poop emoji pillow no I don't I mean, you know, think about think about the Disney parks are, you know, Disney's been hurting for money. Man, what a good day it would have been to say, hey, all of Doc Ondor's lightsabers are whatever, you know, half off or 75%, you know, or 25% off, you know. Maybe I would have bought a lightsaber, you know, who knows. Um, but there wasn't a lot of that. Dave, you said you wanted yeah. to add something. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's just so... You're speaking to a larger issue, right, Fredo? You say, well, did you buy anything? It's like, was the entire day a bust? And I, and I think, like, is it is it more so that their marketing in general is a bust right now? Not just May the 4th, but what have we gotten from them? And, and this is the question that I pose to myself and I pose to you guys, which is what kind of trailers have we received over the last five months for anything other than maybe Bad Batch and a little tease for uh, Book of Boba Fett um, and and like and that's it and then I and then I went back further and I thought well when, what was the last good trailer that really like got me excited and I was like okay I'm in it to win it at this point i'm in star wars um and it, for me it was the last jedi trailer i mean even with the rise of skywalker stuff it was like oh, yeah you know fist pump palpatine or whatever but then it was like you sat there and you thought about it and you're like well how are they going to play all this out i'm really curious to movie. see the movie but it's like well, let me let me. Yeah, I think we had the debate. Would it have been better if they had not even revealed Palpatine in the trailers? Let me let me let me take it to yeah. a you know kind of on a street just right alongside that one because I was again I was listening to the Resistance broadcast and they were talking about the the new um, 
High Republic book that has either been released or announced, and I just got to, I, the thought came into my head, like, and with all due respect to, I, this has nothing to do with any of the authors or anything, but right now it's just my general feeling is I really don't give a crap about the High Republic. I mean, it's, I'm not, it's not that I don't want to read it, it's just it's not even remotely on my radar. I was more excited to watch the, the Ewoks movie with Dave and Kate and my wife than I am to, you know, but it, it did, however, after I heard that on this podcast, it's like, you know what, I do need to go down and, you know, get some of the comic books and things like that. It's, But, I mean, so to your marketing point, it's just kind of like, I don't yeah, it, it, I mean, I don't know. It's like Lucasfilm is almost like that band that, you know, knows they're good and, and feel like they have to really hustle anymore to get people to come to their shows. But you say that, but then compare it to their cousin once removed, Marvel. You saw the trailer that they put out, what was the last week? About Marvel celebrates going to the movie. It movies. was that day. I think it was yeah. May the 4th. Yeah, where they come out and they're, they're uh, just showing it, it was the day. It was the day before because it, everybody was hyped thinking we we're going to get something Star Wars-ish. So it was May 3rd when that came out, yeah. And, and how, how excited did that make people feel to go see Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, Black Panther 2, all the stuff that's coming out from them. And you're like, okay, great. That's all awesome stuff. I mean, part of the, when we say marketing, part of it's also managing and building expectations. And, you know, whereas Marvel knows what they're doing, you know, Star Wars almost felt like they were like, eh, we'll we'll catch you. And that that Marvel trailer, it, it it was more like the member berries from South Park. You know, it was like, Member Endgame, member Doctor Strange, member Black Panther. I mean, it was there was nothing really new in it. It was just like, yeah, this is awesome, and that's really all Star Wars needed to do was like, you know, remember Ewoks, remember you know Palpatine. It's just, you know, you totally could have, you totally could have done something like that. Yeah. So, but however, are we? Do, do we demand stuff, you know? So right. Are we are we owed something by to from Lucasfilm? You know, do they are should it be you know, you know, or is it just would it just be smart business on their part to say, all right, we need to have something, but you know, of course, again, maybe Bad Batch was there. This is our flagship May the Fourth thing, but they really didn't make it into an event. It was just like it's on Disney Plus. I was going to say, I don't think we are owed, but I think somebody smart gives you what you want before you know you want it. We didn't know we were going to get that Marvel trailer, which at best gave you glimpses of, you know, it cut all movies and then a few glimpses of some of the new movies we've sort of seen, and then title cards. So again, we didn't get anything truly extra, maybe a shot of Angelina Jolie and the Eternals, that kind of thing. But by and large, they knew they could put out something like that, and it was going to excite their fan base. And there you go, job done. Member berries, yeah. Right, right. Well, but what I mean is, imagine if they had just put out a little trailer showing, because they, they they got behind the scenes stuff, uh, behind the scenes stuff they're currently filming and or is filming right now. They could have put out, say, hey, next year, and just get a couple of minutes talking to Diego Luna and the cast of uh, Andor. Boom, here you, you go. You don't even Come have in. to. You don't even have to show. A, like a clip or anything, you just show Diego Luna walking down the sidewalk in his, you know, costume, and everybody just goes, ah, or you just show, you know, you surely have that footage of 
Ewan McGregor, you know, doing his, you know, screen test, you know, or costume test or whatever in the volume. It's like you just show that and it just would make people's heads explode. That's what I mean. If they wouldn't have given the medic extra, it blows minds. Cut together a trailer with existing footage from Rogue One, Revenge of the Sith, and The Mandalorian. And people would lose their minds over it. I mean, it would be all that anybody was talking about for the rest of the day, right? And I guess, like, that's I, that's where we talked about. Is that the debate? You know, would it overshadow everything else? But it's like... Well, you know, but I still wonder, because it's not like we were getting the book of Boba Fett. It's not like we were getting, you know, a show that you know, we had some sort of frame of reference for. Yeah, we got four episodes of the Bad Batch in the Clone Wars, but for a lot of people, they're, they're, the Bad Batch is not something that's going to make my brother want to make sure he gets on Disney Plus and watch this stuff. It's going to be for the people who watch the Clone Wars. And, you know, so... It's like the I, I think I, I, I do think there's probably a little bit we don't want to steal even the slightest bit of thunder because this is you know we're i think it was a little bit of a roll of the dice you know releasing bad batch as a series i was and i think this is a good segue into our next topic because i was (coughs) i'm gonna tell you i am pleasantly surprised by what we're getting from the bad batch um i it, it was because i didn't when I, you know, when they said this was coming, I was like, first of all, I didn't really enjoy those four episodes or whatever it was in, you know, the last season of the Clone Wars. Um, so I wasn't all, you know, excited about it. I mean, yeah, curmudgeon Aaron, but I was like, from the get go, they had me on these first two episodes, and I'm, I'm in. So I mean. I don't know. That's just my instant reaction. So let's just go instant reactions of Bad Batch from you guys. Go ahead. Uh, I liked it. Uh, I mean, I will say I did not expect it to start where it started. I think I even sent a tweet. I was saying, like, I can't believe that they start with Depa Balava and Kanan Jarrus, a.k.a. Kayla Doom. Uh, and we'll and talk about that in a little bit because I do have a, that was Dave, like, that was, Dave and I were talking about that over the smoker and beer, you know, about that. Yeah, I was that like, feed. talk about not giving you something you didn't know you wanted, but it's like, oh my God, what's going on? So, no, I, I'm into it. I'm enjoying it. It's exactly kind of what I thought it would be in terms of, okay, seeing the aftermath of the Clone War, seeing the immediate after effects or, of how stuff transitions from Republic to the Empire. So, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I, I think it's been pretty good so far because I like this era because it's un unmined, so to speak. Like mm-hmm. we don't know much about what happens in the immediate aftermath of the Clone Wars. Um, you know, the early days of the Empire, the early days of Darth Vader, all of these kinds of things are potential uh, stories that you could tell uh, through the lens of the Bad Batch, and so. I like I like it in concept, and so far I, I've I've enjoyed the show. Um, you, know, and it, you know, and it threw that curveball at us, which was like the main plot element, which is you have Omega, this new clone, and that's going to obviously be of critical importance as the show goes along. 
Um, and so that's kind of like the hook. Um, the, she, uh, she <laughs> which was a bit of a re uh, revelation as well. Um, she's kind of the MacGuffin, I guess. Uh, she's going to be the the idol in Indiana Jones. Yeah, everybody's chasing after. Her actually, it, it wasn't it wasn't that much of a reveal because actually the it was like when the trailers came out, some of the international trailers they were using the female pronouns in the in the um, um, uh, in the subtitles. I, I think if you wanted to know, you knew. Yeah, um, you know. So I, the other part of this, it's what? like I, again, I, the the in the I, i'm enjoying the characters actually mm. i mean it was like again they kind of i was bothered by them in the clone wars and now it's like i you know because i watched the i took the afternoon off today and I, I just sitting there and i watched the first episode again and i'm enjoying the characters um so i, I think they're and it's really tricky because you know same dude is doing the voice for all of those clones so that's got to be you got to make sure that you're giving each person's personality you know come out in this um now i will say like i said dave and i were talking about so okay spoiler to everybody so if you don't if you haven't watched this then hit pause go watch it and then come back um but you know it starts you know i was actually golfing with a friend and he, he hadn't watched it yet and i said he goes when does it i said well it starts like five minutes before Order 66, which I think is genius. Um, and so out comes, you know, what, and they do that whole intro and they say Deva Balaba. And I was like, well, that's interesting. Because, you know, we got a glimpse of her and little Kanan Jarrus in the Clone Wars uh, final season in the hologram thing. And then it's like all of a sudden here comes little Kanan Jarrus who's voiced by Freddie Prince Jr. You know, you know, it's just like, or Caleb Doom, I suppose. But it was like, oh, this is really kind of cool. And so Dave and I were talking about this, you know, it's one of those elements that if you don't know, it it doesn't take away your, your I guess enjoyment is probably a bad word, but your, your understanding of that scene because you're seeing a Padawan witness his master's, you yeah. know, murder. And so it doesn't, it, now, if you've been watching clone wars and rebels and everything and you know when she says kayla first of all you know depa balaba then you know caleb you're like oh my god it takes it to you know another element so i don't know or did you think that that was too much fan service did that you know was that i mean could they could they have done that just with a random jedi master and um uh padawan or you know could it have been I don't know. It wouldn't have been as impactful. Um, but And I also, you know, it's, I'm glad that we're sort of talking, giving us just a few minutes to talk about this because there are, there is potential for confusion where somebody would watch that sequence and not realize that that's Kanan because he changes his name. Um, and, and so, like, yeah, no, that's that's him as a boy watching his master get murdered in front of him. And, um, yeah, it's, it's very effective. And, and as you, to your point, Aaron, I, and I, I will concede that I, I think it, it works on multiple levels. It works on the level of, this is just like horrifying. Well, and it adds so much um, more weight to those early, 
um, Rebels episodes where where Rex comes back and Kanan does uh-huh. not like the clones. You know, so it adds yeah. a lot of weight to that. Yeah, yeah, no, like you imagine you got you got these people who just you saw gun down your master and they're like, trust me, trust me, come here, come here, kid. You know, that's probably almost more traumatic um, for him ultimately. And you know that uh, his heart was in the right place in that moment, but. Um, <laughs> There's no trust. There is no trust. No, no, sir. No, no. It's I'm like, fine. run. <laughs> it's the last thing his master told him is run. Yeah. He's following orders. So that that's that's interesting um, because I've actually read. Have you guys read the the Canaan comic books? No, but I've heard that there's some sort of conflict now. Well, I'm, it, yeah, I mean, because in the Canaan comic books, the Bad Batch isn't there, you know, but they're they're on the same planet. I mean, so that's this is where you know the the Canaan gatekeepers like are going nuts, right? And it's <laughs> like you know, to me, it's like, have you never, you know studied history at all if you were to go to the bookstore right now and buy a buy three books on the battle of new orleans you are going to get three similar accounts you're not it's there's everybody's got their own little twist or something they found out or something like that so i have no problem seeing this and it's like okay yeah it's the bad bad because it's you know from a certain point of view right so i'm not going to come down on lucasfilm story group here you know can you believe that i'm not going to come down on because it it, it's the same place it's not like the battle of new orleans took place in baton rouge you know it's not like we're changing that so it's in the same place it's still you know the same master and apprentice there's just this other element that maybe whoever wrote the comic book didn't think it was important and I think it serves a much bigger point, which is why I always tend to give stories a lead, a certain amount of leeway when they're changing something plot-wise to try to get to something deeper, more emotional. I think the the bigger point was they spent particularly that first episode juxtaposing how different the Bad Badge were from the rest of their clone brethren, which didn't necessarily come off in the Bad Batch arc in the last season of Clone Wars. I agree. Because we're accustomed to seeing Rex and Neko and the whole uh, Jesse and the rest of them as being kind of different from the rest. They, but they make a clear point that the Bad Batch stands apart from the rest of the clones. So it will make sense that the first big way that that does that is when their inhibitor chips don't quite work the same way. And even within them, they don't quite work the same way as they do. Well, and that's the interesting thing. I, I don't know. My kind of eyes went open. I always just thought the inhibitor chip was, you know, the thing, the mechanism that Palpatine was going to be able to use to execute Order 66. But they're really now saying, no, this is mind control. Mm-hmm. Like, because they go from being pro-Republic to, you know, Kill the Jedi. Kill uh, all, not just okay. I have to kill the Jedi because I'm told to, but we're pro Empire, you know now. So, and it really, um, it, it makes me think of something. I think it would be kind of a cool idea for a show. I'll talk to you guys off the air. Um, however, can I can I say one one nit that I have is mm. tech. I like the character tech, but right now his job is to go. 
Hey kids, it's Saw Gerrera, the one who was trained by Obi-Wan and Anakin in season whatever of the Clone Wars on, you know, or, hey, what was, so, what was, the, what so was, info dump? Yeah, what was the, what was the other one? It was, um, yeah, he's always telling you where we're at in the timeline, for example, Obi-Wan Kenobi is, you know, on Utapau and it's, or, but he's, he's like the, the only point of exposition and it's so obvious that it's like it, it's one of those things just there's a couple instances of it it's like you know it's like hey kids if you haven't done the homework i just gave you enough to google that you can find out what episode you need to go watch that's just a little nit I don't know. i'll circle back to your previous point which was the ethical concerns of mind control on these clones it's like we've seen some of this touched on ever so briefly where it comes to droids you know, like, and what is ethical, what constitutes ethical treatment? How do you differentiate them from living, breathing people? And there's a similar sort of differentiation between people who aren't cloned versus people who are. And I think it would be fun to explore that uh, a lot deeper. And I don't know if they'll get there in this series or not, but it's something I'll really eager to see more of i i think also first of all to anybody who's thinking about what it it looks gorgeous it is just the it just the animation is great um with the exception of this is just really kind of interesting the human body is the movements of the human body is like almost impossible to get isn't it you know it's like because it's like when omega is like jumping up for joy because she just saw dirt for the first time, you know. Um, she, you know, it's just it's it looks like Shrek right away. I mean, it just looks like the people from Shrek. You know what I mean? It's like I, you know, if they're dressed up as clones, <laughs> if they're dressed up as clone troopers, it like works because it doesn't look like you know they're wearing armor and stuff like that. But when it's just somebody who's a human being. That animation is just tough, and I—I I mean, I would like to hear an animator talk about why that is so difficult. I mean, it's—I mean, you gotta re, I mean, when you consider they're animating the environments, the lighting, the sets, the characters, but this is all—I mean, historically, I mean, through Clone Wars, we saw them all these characters in armor, in battleships. By and large, I mean, the only non-armored characters were the Jedi, or maybe some of the centers whenever we get those arcs. But it's going to be completely different now because on the one hand, they got much more technology to make it even better. But on the other hand, we are more cognizant of these subtle changes. Like we may have been more forgiven way about a decade or so ago than we are now. So uh, Dave's alarm has gone off. We want to wrap up this uh, conversation, but um, I, I want to encourage people to watch this because, like I said, it, it's it's even if you didn't watch the Clone Wars, I think this is actually kind of a nice post prequel trilogy. You know, just you know, yeah, expect, yeah like a, like you that's said, a, that's a fair point too. It's just like if even if you're like oh, I'm not into the Clone Wars, I'm not into the prequels. It's like well, this is post that. Yeah, and so I think that's really cool. However, I am hoping that the next thing we get from Lucasfilm does not have some, you know, adult, single male adopt a, you know, small creature and try to help them find their way through life. It seems 
I'm hoping we're not going to get the same storyline that we just got from The Mandalorian. Notice that, that, huh? Do you think? (laughs) That'd be my one critique, is that it seems a little bit uh, familiar. Yeah, but but this uh, isn't Lone Wolf and Cub. This is like Pack of Wolves and Cub. (laughs) Um, But uh, that's, it'll be, uh, but I'm going to... Well, don't worry, Book of Boba Fett will have you Lone Wolf and Lone Wolf. That's right. (laughs) And I'm still, I'm still throwing money down that we're going to see Boba Fett in this. It's 16 episodes, everybody. We're two down. So you got 14 more weeks of uh, the Bad Batch coming at you. So, um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's our, our show for this evening. Um, And as always, let your, let your uh, uh, friends know, um, where they can find us. We're like on all the podcast stuff, you know, at least the big stuff. Um, and, uh, hit us up on Twitter and Facebook. And, uh, we'll try to make sure that we have our who Dat Jedi stickers with us when we're out in public. If you see us tap us and we'll, uh, we'll get you a sticker. So, you know, yeah, it's not a challenge coin or anything, but it, you know, <laughs> but it's pretty damn and, cool. And let us know if you think the marketing Late of late has been subpar or not. Maybe we'll put up a poll. Yeah, That's a good idea. I think that'd be a good idea. So, with that, we will say who dat. And by the way, the who dat part of it, the Saint schedule comes out tomorrow. Tonight. Oh, tonight. Tonight, I thought. I thought it was tomorrow. It's being leaked. Things are being leaked all over the place, but yeah. uh, but oh well. Uh, oh well. So we'll we'll find out who the Saints are playing. And uh, oh yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Tomorrow. Say that one. What was that last part? Tomorrow. No, what was the part before that? Uh, you're right. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> with that, we will say who dat? Who dat? Who dat? And have a good week, everybody. My